Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I'm joined by my Thunder Buddy from Brooklyn at the NBA Draft, Joe Masato. Joe, what's going on? Still alive, still coherent, but just barely. We made it through the 2023 NBA Draft, and it was a doozy, Michael. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? You know, I actually got a decent amount of sleep. Um, it's crazy. I mean, the draft, obviously, we're in Eastern time. The draft ends locally, like, well past midnight. It's just a, uh, it's quite the extended affair. Uh, I went to bed somewhere just south of 3 a.m. and woke up at about 8. So, you know, I got a solid five hours. So, yeah, all you need to stay uh, coherent, just like the bare minimum of hours here. But it might be a few typos. <laughs> Maybe, but the Thunder had a fun night as they uh, trade up for Casey Wallace. I know that you are a former uh, former Kentucky guy. So, what was your reaction to Casey, or um, what was your initial reaction whenever you saw the trade up tweet from Woj or Shams? Yeah, I mean that's that's one we certainly circled. We we talked a lot about the Jazz at at nine and that being a trade up possibility. The Mavs were long speculated. I mean even on lottery night that, you know, who knows if they're going to keep that 10th pick. So um, the trade-up was not a big surprise. I was, I would say, mildly surprised by the trade-up target in Case and Wallace. I, I know you were really high on him. He he was on my five best guesses as to whom the Thunder will pick. So was not uh, not some shocker there. But um, we saw some other guys slide. But, hey, all in all, I would give the Thunder – a solid grade. I mean, no one knows how any of these guys are going to turn out, but Kaysen Wallace, as a prospect, seems as, as steady as they come. A guy that can play impact NBA defense. It looks like um, from day one, beware to to anyone handling the ball around him and, and Lou Dort because that spells trouble. He could be Dort's um, uh, kind of relief. Uh, Dort comes out. Jason Wallace comes in and you kind of have that same level of de- defensive intensity. You know, some people are talking about long-term replacement, perhaps. I'm not going to go anywhere near that for now. Um, and then, you know, there's a playmaking upside offensively. The shooting numbers were pretty solid. Um, 35% from three, a uh, decent foul shooter. So uh, I thought it was a good night for the Thunder. They They obviously traded up to get their guy. Yeah, it was really interesting just the way the draft was shaping up because you have the obvious first few guys going um, with Victor, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, two Thompson twins, Anthony Black, and then uh, Bilal Koulibaly goes up to number seven. He's then traded to number eight in the Wizards. It looked like the Thunder It was kind of breaking their way with Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks falling. And then, of course, those two guys go immediately after. And just looking at the board, it felt like Kaysen was the best option uh and they trade up to tend to get him but uh, like you mentioned i've been big on Kaysen for a little bit um he's 6'3 193 6'6 wingspan at 19 he averaged 12 um points per game four rebounds per game and four assists per game on 45 35 76 uh shooting splits including four attempts from three per game yeah but like you mentioned just the the defense is going to be his calling card and we've seen that with mark dagnall that if you can't defend you're not going to get on the floor Kaysen's going to have a lot of time on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And you uh, talked about how the draft shook out there. Um, so at 12, you, or at 10, I, I suppose, you're looking at the possibilities. 
Kaysen was certainly among them. Um, perhaps he would have been the favorite to be drafted at that slot. Other guys, though, I thought were in contention. Um, I mean, Grady Dick never really felt like a Thunder guy, given their track record, but I uh, always thought he'd be a good fit. He was still on the board. Kobe Bufkin, the the much-talked-about Kobe Bufkin, slid to 15, so he was on the board. Um, Cam Whitmore sunk, sunk like a like a rock in the Hudson River uh, all the way down uh, to number 20. Again, didn't think he'd be there for the Thunder, but we talked about him not really being a Thunder guy. This was the biggest shock to me as far as followers, though. Well, after Whitmore. Litter and Miller was among yeah. the five players. I guess the Thunder would take it 12, and he goes 33rd. Yeah, the whole time I was like tweeting, I was like, hey, um, if we could just somehow get the Thunder trade back in for Leonard Miller, but now we're going to have to watch the Minnesota G League team in a two-man game of Leonard Miller and Luca Garza up there. Oh, just no. disgusting stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited about Kaysen. He's a guy who can play on or off the ball. He helps with some of the backcourt um backup uh, point guard minutes that you don't necessarily want to put a bunch of miles on Shea, uh, Giddy, and J-Dub. And it felt like at times, you know, because those guys aren't going to be healthy all year necessarily, whenever there was only two of those guys as the Thunder definitely did miss having some extra point guard like initiator play. Like the Thunder are known widely for playing in a style where anybody can bring up the floor, uh, bring the ball up the floor and initiate. But I think even the Thunder would admit that there's... um certain guys that you'd reasonably want to have the ball in their hands a little bit more. And I think Kaysen can supplement some of those minutes. Yeah. Here's what I'm writing about today, because I've heard this argument a lot of places is the Thunder has, why, why would they draft another guard? Like they need, they need more size. They need another big man. They either need a traditional center or they need um, a power forward to play next to Chet. So anyone who believed that, um, might have been disappointed by Kaysen Wallace, who is a six-four guard. But here's the deal: like, I would just, I would just forget about positions for a second because that is not how the Thunder plays. And you look at what we would call their guards. Shea is a guard. He is a lead guard offensively. Ball is going to be his, in his hands. He's not always a guard defensively. Sometimes he. Sometimes they put him on the opposing team's four. I mean, he, he mainly, he, he's not a point of attack defender. Um, Josh Giddy, same sort of thing. I would say he is a guard. Uh, not always the lead guard, but sometimes uh, offensively. But again, they park him on other guys defensively. Lou Dort guards anyone. And on the offensive end, he plays more of a wing role on, on this team. Jalen Williams. He's going to open the ears of the Thunder starting power forward. Now, is he a power forward? Not in the traditional sense, but again, they're forget traditions. Isaiah Joe's a wing. Lindy Waters is a wing. Uh keep scrolling down the roster. Aaron Wiggins is a wing. Here's the one guy. If one guy is a guard on both ends of the floor, it's Trey Mann. That's about it. So it, it's like I, I don't really get I don't really get the argument. Um of them having too many guards, I think it's just us, you know, thinking about that in sort of an antiquated way. Whereas, like, sure, Josh Giddy's a guard, but he's six eight. Shea's six six. Um, Jalen Williams is six six. Like, they've got a ton of size. 
Wallace doesn't have a ton of size. He's more like Dort, not quite as stocky, um, maybe an inch taller than Dort. Um, I, I just don't really see that as a problem with a team that's as far away as it is, as far as being like a legitimate NBA title threat. Yeah, I don't see it as a problem either. I think it's just a lazy knee-jerk reaction of looking at Chet and thinking, oh, you need more size, which is just like the most simple thing there. And it's like, yeah, you'd probably like some more size, but I don't know that drafting in the top 10, unless you're getting Victor Wimanyama or some of these like more heralded prospects like a Chet Holmgren, drafting just a giant guy as your center just because usually doesn't work out. Like, I'm not super high on Derek Lively. Maybe it'll work out, but who knows? And then um, you mentioned a little bit that this could be a good thing for Dort or a bad thing. On the positive side, you know, I think that it's going to relieve him of some pressure. He's not going to have to play. He can play less minutes, but in the minutes he plays, he can play that much harder. And then you saw it last year a lot of times where he'd get in foul trouble and the Thunder were kind of, they'd throw out Aaron Wiggins, but it wasn't the same. Now you have like a very nice uh, replacement in the back and i'm not saying that he's going to replace dort i'd say it's more of a dort insurance yeah and listen the thunder loves Dort yeah. for everything he does and i think that's why they love case and wallace because there's some similar trademarks there defensively i i think wallace certainly has a better feel for the game offensively um but defensively if he could become lou dort or something very close to that that would be an excellent win because Dort is one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. You could have those two guys on the floor together wreaking havoc, or like you're saying, I mean, Kaysen Wallace, barring something totally unforeseen, is going to come off the bench. So he can relieve Lou Dort. They can play together some. Um, again, I think you could play, you could have, you know, a lineup of Shea Dort. Uh, Case and Wallace or Giddy Dort Case and Wallace like those guys could play together um, maybe with some more shooting uh, at that four spot but um, yeah I'm with you I, I think it's I don't know if they're looking at it like okay let's get some Lou Dort insurance I mean they're not but that's that's essentially what it is but more so it's just like that they, they like this player prototype and um, I I think just talking to Casey Wallace briefly last night strikes me as a very serious guy, kind of no nonsense, going to go in there and do his work. Uh, it's it's kind of like Lou Dort. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we talked to Sam last night, I asked him about Casey and he said something that stood out to him about Casey is he plays no agenda basketball, which just goes out there and he's just making winning plays. He said that it um, the first time that he really noticed him was at the McDonald's All-American Games. And he said Mm -hmm. it's because he was out there and it's all business with McDonald's. A lot of guys treat it kind of like an all-star game environment. And he said that Kaysen was there definitely uh, like on a business trip. And he could just see that he's doing all these winning plays, even in an environment like I mentioned with McDonald's, where guys are trying to do dunks off the backboard. And he's like boxing out and like chasing down rebounds and stuff. And he just talked about his competitiveness. And then um, as much as um, going back to the archetype thing that you were talking about, I think that's definitely true because Mark raved all of last year about Dort's uh, point of attack defense and case. And you're getting another guy in that who I don't think Mark's going to complain about. No, Mark's going to love this guy. And uh, I said this last night on the dream team podcast, but if you're, 
you know, there, there's very few like two-way players in the sense that they're elite on both ends of the floor. But um, if you lean more heavily defensively or offensively and want to play for the Thunder, that pendulum better swing toward the defensive end um, because that's that's how you're going to to get on the court. And you know, if you've if you're a good offensive player but can't do anything defensively or is not at least willing to fight defensively, probably not going to get on the floor for this team. Yeah, I think Kaysen is going to slot in really well as a role player on this team. I feel like he knows his um, his usage and what he should be used as. And I think his teammates and coaches will empower him. But I don't think he's ever going to be a guy we're going to have a bunch of times thinking, you know, why did he shoot that? What was that shot? Why would he make that decision? I feel like he's just solid. Um, maybe there's going to be things you want more out of him. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of volatility in his game. Yeah. I um I I could be totally wrong about this because we don't know how any of these guys are going to turn out but he doesn't he seems more on like the uh the J-Dub type pick than the Jane type pick where it's I I mean J-Dub now that we've seen has sky high upside um but like Kaysen Wallace is not a project he's not a guy that we're going to be talking about, oh, is he going to be in the G League? I mean, maybe some. Who kn- who knows? Almost everyone goes down there at some point. Um, but I, I think he's he's more of a ready-made uh, player. Like, his, his skills just translate. Yeah, it's not like an incredibly high ceiling thing, but I just don't see a path where it's like he's just not going to be a helpful player. That doesn't mean he's going to be really good, but I feel like he can contribute to winning just – through some of his DNA as a basketball player. A lot of it's going to come down to the shot, but I'm very excited. You mentioned you got to talk to him last night. Um, what was that like? Well, one, I think he was, you know, rightfully so just overwhelmed. Like the the draft is just an insanely long day and a happy day, but just like this range of emotions. And, you know, once they get, once they get picked, obviously go up on stage, shake at them Silver's hand. And then, there's like this, it's like a relay of, of interviews, just one after another, after another, after another. Um, kind of a cool moment from last night is he's going on, so he gets picked. He's uh, talking to like an in-house set that's being broadcast like throughout the arena, Dennis Scott, some other folks, and uh, they're wiring him up and everything, micing him up. And he's watching on the monitor as the Thunderstick comes across the screen. He's still wearing his Mavericks hat because he was drafted 10th overall trade. and hadn't been processed, everything like that. And he sort of smirks a little bit when Derek Lively's name is announced because he knows he's, in fact, the Thunder's pick. So that was kind of a cool moment. Um, also, some symmetry just because, you know, he's technically a Dallas draft pick, of course, traded to the Thunder, but he's from Dallas and um, not too far down I-35 from Oklahoma City. Uh, and that was the the biggest thing talking to him was he's he's very proud of where he came from. I mean, if anyone's wondering what the HPT that was stitched in red all over his black suit uh, signified, it's Hamilton Park, Texas. Hamilton Park is a neighborhood in North Dallas. Um, and he talked about kind of his path and what he's been through. And hopefully we learn more about that story. Um, But um, it just seems to be a gritty guy. And that's kind of how he wants to do things. 
Yeah, it was it was a fun night. Uh, a lot of crazy suits up there. Any of them stand out to you? You did you get close to Grady Dick? I thought Grady Dick looked <laughs> like a fool. But listen, I don't have. I, I'm not a fashionable guy. I, I don't know anything about it. I just thought he looked ridiculous. Um, I, I told someone that's not going to age well, and then I stopped myself because like it it's not good in the present so like maybe it can only get better from here um Kaysen was pretty sharp at the red and black going uh jet howard more understated um he he basically had the suit his dad wore somebody yeah, said that, that on twitter okay i didn't see that but that's cool um i like that um i was sitting behind jaime Jaquez. Uh, that's about all I have to, he, he wasn't wearing anything remarkable, but trying to think of other guys, Keontae George had a very, very loud suit. Victor Wembanyama um, can confirm he's, he's quite lengthy. His feet are humongous, uh, was, was standing next to him a couple of times and, uh, just a towering presence, but carries himself with such a cool confidence and that's been much talked about, but. I thought he was pretty sharp. You know, the French typically know how to dress. Though his suit kind of looked more like a like a robe in a way. Like it just like was. It, it's hard not him. to do to look like a robe on him. Yeah, it was like tied in the back. Um, but I liked the uh, this nice shade of green. I don't know. Who, who, what do you What do you think? Scoot Henderson had gonna... a dynamic one. Who? Scoot. Yeah, Scoot. Scoot shining yeah (laughs) dynamic like his game yeah i just one of these days i'm gonna have to go maybe this weekend i'll look through all the thunder draft picks of just like their their suits we need to go through some of them i know some of them were much better Shay was obviously not a thunder pick but do you remember draft night suit the floral pattern yeah it's pretty nice i liked that not bad uh but Last night, I wanted to ask you about this because we, um, you weren't there because you were in New York, but uh, going to Sam's uh, post-draft uh, presser, and he's there with AC Law, and they didn't come to a consensus on to how to pronounce Kaysen's name. We had Case on, we had uh, Kasan, and we had Kaysen. Very, very odd. Um, Sam is a is a very smart guy, but he did not read the pronunciation guide or had a just brain lapse in which he forgot how to pronounce Kaysen's name. But it is Kaysen. Someone on Twitter put it like this. Just think of Mason, but with a C. Um, that's how you pronounce it. It's not Kassan. Uh So yeah, just just Kaysen. Just don't, uh, don't uh, make it more complicated than it needs to be. I will say you were, you were there. I was not. I was, I was very surprised to see AC Law sitting beside Sam Presti, that's usually a spot Will Dawkins occupies. Will Dawkins, obviously, now in Washington um, as GM of the Wizards. But AC Law, who, if you're uh, if you're old enough, I'm saying this like I'm an old man, but you remember that he was a really great guard at Texas A&M. Um, pretty high draft pick, played in the NBA a little bit, but I remember more for his college game. He's director of amateur evaluation for the Thunder, basically the head of their scouting department. 
Um, so he's he's really rising through the ranks. That was just like one like uh, kind of an eyebrow raiser I noticed last night. I mean, he might be. I don't know if he's going to be in line to to take over that position that Dawkins vacated, but clearly a, a fast riser in this industry. Yeah, I liked hearing from him. I thought he had some good insight. I thought he was um good answering the questions. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm glad that we can settle it. We don't need a Shay shy situation or case oh, no. on Kassan, anything like that. Let's avoid that. We we already have the Jalen Williams mess. Um, Uzman Jang. Some people are still trying to get that one down. So yeah, let's just let's just. I mean, we we have point. Chet with his name. I know it's uh, Holmgren. Holmgren. Yeah, the L just doesn't exist whenever you're pronouncing it. Holmgren. Well, I have no great transition for this, but we have a giveaway to do. And yeah. I am going to share my screen here for journalistic integrity so you can see the wheel here and know that this I'm is not faked. Are you ready? Do you see the wheel? Michael Martin has started screen sharing. I see it, folks. Okay, here we go. We are clicking to spin the wheel. I really hope that sound gets recorded. I don't hear it, but I hope you guys are hearing it. And it is uh, Nate Tality. Yeah, it sound Yeah, I hope that this came in there because there's clapping and cheering. That's fantastic. Natality in eight. Tality. Congratulations. Congratulations. You've won a Shea Gildas Alexander jersey after we uh, botched your name. Uh, let me stop the sharing here. But yeah, happy to do these. I will definitely get that jersey to you later. Um, I did want to ask you about the trade up tax because as much as we're talking about Kaysen, how they got there is they had to trade up to 10 and they used uh, 12 to do that. And they're taking on uh, Davis Berton's money. What do you know about Berton's contract? Um, so he's due 17 million this coming season, 16 million the year after that in 24, 25. So basically 33 million over the next two years. It's a, uh, it's a bad contract and one the Mavericks have been trying to get off of. Um, he, he just has never really made an impact in Dallas. Only played 11 minutes per game last year. Did shoot 39% from three, but this was a Dallas team that was pretty starved for impact players, and he couldn't really crack that rotation. Career 40% three-point shooter, um, but has really fallen off from where he was at the end of his Spurs tenure and, and start of his Wizards tenure. So I don't, I don't think, you know, in fact, I know that Bertans is not going to factor into the Thunder's long-term future, like a case in Wallace. It's case in Wallace is the story of the night. Um, however, I, I, it, I don't know what to think this year of you know whether or not he's even going to be on the team or what his role is going to be. I think I would lean more so that they are going to keep him. Um, maybe they can. Uh, sort of rehab some of his value. I mean, if you're a shooter, I mean, Dallas is also a pretty good system to play in as you watch one guy move around and then throw you the ball. Uh, when the, all, all of the defense is on him. Um, but playing with Shea and, and Giddy, uh, th that could probably help him. Um, heck, maybe he has an Isaiah Joe type uh, resurgence. Joe is more of an unknown and Bertans is more of a known, but Really, it's all about the contract. The Thunder were willing to take on that money. Uh, Dallas was able to get a trade exception out of it. So 
a win-win for both teams. I really liked the trade for the Thunder because um, they were able to get their guy without giving up any other draft picks. Yeah, I agree. Um, Breton, $17 million next year, and then he can make up to 16 in 2024, 2025. He's only guaranteed five, like you, uh, $5 million, like you mentioned. And for yeah. him to get to the full 16, he would have to appear in 75% of his team's games in 24, 25. Yeah, that would be uh that would be easy to control if you do not want him to uh to get that guaranteed money. Yeah, I wonder if you can rehab just some of his value, not to be like a really good player, but just not a completely negative asset. If this is a deadline thing, maybe where you can move him to a different team who wants to get an expiring or something like that. But getting way ahead of ourselves the, the here. The Latvian missile he is known as. Latvian laser, Latvian missile. He's yeah. Oh yeah, Latvian laser. Latvian laser. There used to be a sports animal intern, I think, called the Latvian missile, or not an intern or a uh, producer. So I'll uh, take your word for it. it. Yeah. But yeah, the trade cannot go through until July sixth. Um, and that's because isn't it like the calendar year and the Thunder don't have the cap space to take it in until the summer when contracts expire? Yeah. Um I'm not as nuanced in in how all of that works, but basically, and teams can carry more than the max amount of guys in the offseason. Like, really, you have up until the start of the regular season to trim your roster down. I mean, the Thunder has gone through training camp with 20-something guys uh, on their team. So that is not at all a a short-term concern uh, for for the Thunder to figure out uh, what they're going to do with Bertons. Yeah, and if it the trade can't go through until July 6th, I would assume, and I could be very wrong on this, that that would rule Kaysen out for the Salt Lake Summer, uh, Salt Lake City Summer League that is set for July 3rd, 5th, and 6th. Uh, you are the first person to bring up that possibility, but based on your logic, I, I think you're pretty spot on. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, I wonder what he can really do with the team necessarily, because, I mean, like they announced him last night. They're doing it on social media. We were able to ask Sam about him, but he's not going to be able to play in this. So I wonder how much like actual well, work with the Thunder he can do. I don't know. I mean, so last night. I mean, obviously, he's uh, he's putting on the, the Thunder hat. He is communicating via Thunder personnel. He's going to be introduced uh, on Saturday in Oklahoma City. He's flying back uh, on a team charter with his family. So, I mean, he's he's pretty thundery. So, I, I don't know exactly how that works. We'll definitely have to ask on Saturday. First question. Are you playing in Summer League or not? That's, that is the burning question. That's how you get your ans- uh, answers to your questions. You have to ask very abruptly. Just interrupt somebody. No, They'll respect it. <laughs> Welcome to Oklahoma City. Are you playing in summer league? Yes, exactly. I'm I'm Joe. You should know. I'm we, Joe. We, we spoke before. Yeah. Hey, it's me. It's Joe we, we from just the draft last night. Yeah. Hey, it's me, Joe, from the draft last night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. And then um, you mentioned him being from Dallas. I saw he was very excited on Instagram last night to be back in Whataburger District. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that, but that is a that's a big plus for him. I'm not sure how much Whataburger he's gonna be able to eat once he's a uh, Thunder player, but we'll see. 
We'll see. Definitely. And then the Thunder weren't done just at 10. They get a guy at 50, and that is Keontae Johnson, 6'4", guard out of Kansas State. What was your initial reaction when you heard about this? Well, Keontae Johnson, one of the biggest names among the second rounders, mm-hmm. and um, obviously for for what was a tragic reason, um, had that very, very scary moment at Florida when he collapsed on the court. You didn't know if he was going to to make it. You didn't know, you know, what his future might be, much less, you know, the, the last thing anyone was worried about after seeing that was, you know, when's he going to play basketball again? Um, but keeps playing at Florida, transfers to Kansas State, um, was a really good player. I mean, you just look at his numbers at Kansas State and you're like, why didn't this guy um, go higher? So I, I think Keontae Johnson is – um, you know, obviously a good story as far as second round picks go, given his comeback journey. Um, you know, chances are pick 50 is not going to be an impact player, but the Thunder has had a lot of success with the recent second round picks. I mean, Jeremiah Robinson Earl played, Aaron Wiggins has played, Jay Will just going back to last year. So uh, I expect he's going to be on a two-way contract. Um but the Thunder has a history of, of promoting guys off that two-way contract if they play well. He's got really good size. He's a much better three-point shooter than I even realized. Um, I don't even know if this is a knock because it's a second rounder. I mean, you don't go in the second round unless there's some sort of knock. But he is ancient by rookie standards. He is 23 years old. Yeah, he's the oldest Thunder player to be drafted under Presti that I saw. I mean, you have different ones where it's like guys who didn't actually suit up for the uh, Thunder, like Quincy AC and different guys like that. Were, or who was it? It was um, Carl Landry, who was 23, never played for the Thunder. Different guys like that. But definitely excited to see uh, Keontae. Like you mentioned, he's definitely on the older side. He had two years where he was just off after um, he was a member of the Florida Gators. Like you mentioned, he collapsed on the court against Florida State. He was actually uh, teammates with Trey Mann at Florida for a minute there, too. Yeah, that's a that's another cool connection. So looking forward to talking to Keontae about Trey and, and vice versa. Yeah, I'm seeing it here. Um, Keontae shot 45% last year on catch and shoot threes. So that's pretty good. That'll play. That'll play if he keeps that up. Yeah, and then um, also, last... He's, he's like a... Just a... Jacked human being. I mean, he's... Uh, he looks like a grown grown man at, at 23 versus some of the 18-year-olds that I saw in the green room last night. Yeah, if you have uh, Keontae Johnson and Lou Dort walking in the building, you're going to think it's a football team coming in. And then you yeah, see the you see just, uh, Poku and Chet, and you're like, oh, it's a basketball team. You, you might not win, but you will pass the eye test. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. Until, until, until Poku. And <laughs> oh, man. Poku catching straight. Shout out Poku. AZ Law last night talked about uh, Keontae and he said that they were impressed with just they think he'll have an immediate impact as a guy who can come in and play. So that was exciting. I mean, obviously, that's what you would hope for a guy who's 23. But um, for him, it's weird because, like I mentioned, he missed those two years. So although he is 23, he's had like two years of basketball that he would have played gone which maybe you know there's less tread on the tires than you would think for a normal 23 year old yeah which you know makes his age a little more concerning because he's a 23 year old without the basketball experience that a normal 23 year old would have but 
again, all reasons he fell into the second round. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure if the Thunder was going to keep that pick or not. Uh, but again, I think he's he's going to go on a two-way contract that hasn't been announced, but um, come away with both those guys in the draft. No Michich trade, by the way. Vasily Michich still... Uh, that just made me look like a fool an, once again. All of us hoodwinked. Idea out there floating in the air. I'm not sure he's a real person, but... Yeah. Hoodwinked, led astray. That's, that's just Sam in a uh, fake beard and hair. He's just like ex- extracting more money. He he could still be traded. I just thought there was a decent chance that it would happen on draft night. Especially with the Mavs, too. That felt like just a very easy team to slide yeah. him into. And no. But yeah, the draft was a lot of fun. I was definitely surprised at some of the guys sliding, like Cam Whitmore, which that is tough to go from where you're projected to go to four to Houston and you slide to 20 and then still go to Houston. Rough night for the mocks. I mean, I, I really respect the guys who who do that, they uh, they know a lot more about basketball than I do. But it just goes back to, like, this is an impossible task to predict how the draft is going to go. I mean, some people had, you know, Cam Whitmore is the number three player on their board, and he goes 20. So teams are getting better and better, I think, of uh, playing their cards close to their chest and not sort of revealing them uh, or sending out smoke screens. I mean – this was kind of like last year in the sense that, you know, even on draft day, there were still back and forth conflicting reports about who the second pick was going to be. Yeah, that was a, a whole thing. I saw this thing on Twitter of some Hornets fan who got interviewed and he looked distraught. He's like, just whenever Michael Jordan, I thought it couldn't get worse. It gets worse. Just any uh, any other like risers or followers that surprise you? Um, I mean, feels like it's been the Kobe Bufkin media train for a while, and I thought that he would go a little bit higher. He goes to 15 in kind of a weird spot to the, the Hawks. And then um, not it's kind of like A.J. Griffin falling to them last year. Yeah. So maybe Kobe Bufkin oh, will work out. The one that stands out is like a guy who rose up is Jet Howard. I know you were higher Jet on Howard. him than me. Yeah. Jet Howard goes before Bufkin. Maybe they turned in the wrong Michigan guy. Uh I like Jet Howard. He's six seven and can shoot. That's all I have to say about Jet Howard. But that's that's at least a good starting point. Um, so, but yeah, that was that was a shocker. And then the Jazz going with Taylor Hendricks whenever it felt like they were a Cason team, maybe because they need guard play. I mean, they come up later and get Keontae George, but I was a little bit surprised that they went with. Hendricks there he wasn't got a guy necessarily mocked to them all that much yeah uh just to mention some other thunder guys that we hypothesized about mentioned Leonard Miller he falls Rayon Rupert he falls um Koulibaly who man what a rise this guy's yeah. had he goes all the way up to seven so um some interesting names there yeah Gigi Jackson goes 45 um, I thought the uh the Pistons had a nice draft. They get Asar Thompson and Marcus Sasser. Um, I don't that, know. That was pretty cool to see the uh, Twins go back to back. That was pretty cool. Uh, they had an interview that you probably didn't get to see where they were talking about splitting their things up, and a man goes, "Yeah, I feel like I'm in a bad divorce." He goes, "I feel like I'm losing on all this." He goes, "He got to keep the shoes. 
he goes, we had a big fight. He goes, I saw got to keep the the PlayStation, the PS5. He goes, so I'll have to buy one and all this stuff. But yeah, they um, they're gonna they're, they're gonna have plenty of money to to handle that. It's gonna be very. That would be weird though to be just paired at the hip with someone your entire life, and it's like okay. Um, now yeah. one of you will be in Houston and one in Detroit. Um, I mentioned I mentioned this guy earlier. Uh, Jaime Jaquez just seems like the most mm-hmm. deep pick ever. A guy who's just going to come in, grizzled old veteran, and uh, hashtag Heat culture doesn't doesn't Jaime Jaquez just strike you as a Miami Heat? Just the goatee, everything. <laughs> uh another made for miami yeah you saw him and it's like oh jimmy butler is gonna love this guy (laughs) but uh what other teams had a good draft um i liked what portland did they get chris murray also um on top of getting um scoot and they got a couple other guys later on yeah they got repair i like their night um i mean they're probably gonna end up having to trade dame but i thought that looked good for them yeah, no, I, I I really liked their night. I I mean, I'm a scoot over Brandon guy, um, so I, I think that worked out great for them. I mean, Chris Murray is, I mean, sounds mean to say, but just a little lesser version of his brother, but still some intriguing skill sets with his size and shooting ability. Um, that did make me laugh on the broadcast whenever they do like player comps and they compared Chris Murray and they go, his comp is Keegan Murray. <laughs> hey, you don't have to overthink that one. No. Uh, Imani Bates, uh, maybe the most famous 49th pick in NBA history. Although I shouldn't say that because I don't, I don't, uh, want to get in trouble with someone else, but, um, that was a big name, but yeah, there, it was, it was a, it was a entertaining draft night. Um, we saw some trades, some big trades, obviously with the Wizards and Celtics and Suns leading up to the draft. But unless I'm totally blanking, there was not like a a big player moved during the draft. No, right? no, it was almost all just picks for picks and things yeah. like that. I mean, the Celtics moved down the board. It felt like five times in the second round. Um, yeah, I think the Patrick net- Baldwin got moved and, and Davis Bertans, not exactly household names. Uh, I know two guys you liked went to Brooklyn, and that is Noah Clowney and Derek Whitehead, right? I love Brooklyn's draft. I like Noah Clowney. I love Derek Whitehead. Um, just sort of seems to be they both fit in this weird, weird team that Brooklyn is is building. But uh, I think Clowney and Claxton could be a really good defensive four or five combo. Um, Clowney can also step out and shoot it. Derek Whitehead is a pure upside play. And at that point, uh, sort of why not? I I'm also fascinated by our good friends in Houston, which had the most Houston draft of all time, getting one of the Thompson twins. Um, they're like, Hey, no one's going to take Cam Whitmore. Give us Cam Whitmore. So, from a from like a talent standpoint and an intrigue standpoint, I'm giving them an A plus. In a car maybe crash entertainment new, way, <laughs> maybe this new regime will turn things around. I mean, Yudoka is a really good coach. Um, however, if I was a Rockets fan, I would be like, "Yeah, this all looks good, but 
I'm very, very scared because they have just compiled a team of talent with no real direction. But hey, maybe it gets all turned around. I looked up last night the uh, all-time low for assists per game by a team in a season was the 98-99 Hawks who averaged 14 assists per game. So the Rockets (laughs) will be chasing history. Oh, only no. in, uh, the only assists they're getting are off inbounds pass. After that, it's just like my turn. It is yeah. it is so crazy just how opposite they play compared to the Thunder. But their teams kind of connected through like the Harden trade to the Russ deal to all these picks. It's just Shingoon goes on. Maybe Josh Giddy will average more assists per game than the Houston Rockets. I mean, it's going to be a lot of. Alperin Shingun just going, uh, you, you have to throw it back. You have to throw it back to me, and then I can throw it to somebody else. Yeah, it'll just be Shingun passes out of the post. Yeah, I hope that's what he does. I hope he gets to the point where he's like, they're not going to pass it back to me, so I'm just going to throw it off the backboard to myself. Oh, man. Well, Joe, it has been fun. Um, do you have anything else to plug before we get out of here? I know that you are just exhausted right now. You're catching a flight. And today or tomorrow to come back, or it'd have to be today. I'm catching a flight today. Um, we've got tons of stuff on the old website, Oklahoma.com, my story on Case and Wallace, a uh, bunch of other draft coverage. Jenny wrote a column. Uh, Justin Martinez pitched in on draft coverage. And then we are going to have the intro presser Saturday afternoon. In Oklahoma City, in which Sam Presti will be available again all, alongside the Thunder's new additions. Um, and today, like I said, I'm I'm writing about the uh, too many guards dilemma and how it might not be a, a dilemma at all. Was it at this event last year or was it like the media before the season, whatever um, Sam called your uh, ACL average? Uh, he called my ACL average. It was before this season. Okay. Because remember, uh, Shea had like a, it was an MCL, yeah, he had an okay. MCL injury coming into the year um, that really didn't cost him like a game. I, I think it was opening night or, and then like maybe one more. Yeah, because he missed the home opener, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my MCL is different than Shea's. It doesn't mean it's worse. It's just different. What does Sam know about my MCL? Were you shocked and hurt when that happened? I was, I was offended. Um, I like some players in this draft do not share my medicals with the Thunder, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's re- really unfortunate. Our friend on TikTok went undrafted. The guy who just <laughs> entered randomly. Name? I don't. I don't know. No, we were Shout in the we were in the Thunder media room, and I was sitting there next to Brandon Rabar, and I go, Brandon, still on the board. There's still time. He goes, what? And I was like. I've seen you in these pickup games. It's, you know, still on the board. A lot of upside left in Brandon, but um Hey, you never know. I mean, if a guy at 23 can get drafted, why not? Let's start breaking some barriers here. That's right. I'm uh I'm soon to turn 30. My time is probably over. Um here talking about how old a 23-year-old is, but this is our jobs. This is a silly little thing we do. 
Yeah, I, I'd like to imagine that. Yeah, 70 years old as a scout. It's like he's 22. He's just he'll never be anything. He's already just like life is over. That That is crazy to think about. But oh boy, Joe, thanks for so much for coming on with me. Definitely uh, catch some sleep on your flight. Um, we are the Thunder Buddies at Thunderbud Pod on Twitter. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back again for more Thunder Talk 